it's that time for another spooky episode of the Rebel Radio Podcast. Um, this is Mark. This is Matt. And uh, we are back for a um, an episode in which uh, a rare occurrence has, occurs with a movie that Mark has never seen, me, um, until this week. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not sure if I'm a better person for it. <laughs> um, I, w- I was uh, curled up on the couch a little bit watching this one and a little frightened. Um and I don't mean that like I was scared or anything. I'm just like, this movie punches you in the gut, so to speak. <laughs> Credit to your uh, uh, UT alumni uh, director. And, and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? I'm going to get yeah. for making me watch this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll get to more of that in just a bit. Um, but yeah, man, we are we are full swing, man. It's an October 19th so i mean halloween's a week and a half away and uh yeah we uh we do this halloween horrors thing every october and uh it's it's you know i i know um i'm not a huge horror fan like you i know you love horror but but i appreciate the genre and, and i don't mind them every now and then i have to kind of i really have to set my mood anytime i'm going to watch one i can't just put on a horror film and say oh i want to watch people fucking get killed yeah you probably can but but I so I have to every time I watch one I have to really kind of get in the right mindset and um, and uh, but that said though I've enjoyed some of the films we've done over these six years of doing Halloween horrors and uh, and this year so far um, has been a good one and uh, and and even the film today even though it's absolutely terrifying I'm not I I can appreciate the film for what it what it accomplished and we'll talk about more of that in, in just a little bit. Um, but other than that, man, uh, it's it's just I, I'm I'm honestly I'm tired as fuck tonight. But we're gonna get through this show, <laughs> and um and and give you a good performance from the uh, Rubble Radio podcast. As you come to expect from us, a masterclass in podcasting. If you believe that bullshit, I got some more stuff I can sell you. There you so. go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So how are you, buddy? Oh man, good. It's uh you know getting ready for a, a trip this weekend, and uh, you know I. I you know, with ties to the movie today, uh, I was like, man, you know, I wonder if we, uh, if we're able to go through Bastrop, but it's just a little out of the way. Yeah. Um, you're, not go through Bastrop. Anywhere, you're not going anywhere near Bastrop. <laughs> yep. I was like, do we cut through Bastrop? And I'm like, cause I know like, it's like North of Austin, but I'm like, nah, you'd have to like go out of your way yeah, and then cut hard. back over. Yeah. Not worth it. Uh, maybe I can make a trip out there. Uh, you know, one of these days, but, um, yeah, gearing up for a, a road trip and, uh, pretty excited about it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's another adventure run. It's a biggest one I've ever done. So we'll see if I walk back from it or limp back. Yeah. Uh, I, you, you come on the show next week and complain about how your fucking body hurts and stuff. I'm going to go, ha, that's what you get. bitch. Did it to myself. <laughs> I decided to do it. Even paid for it. That's that's even worse. So you, you paid for pain. That, that yes, is, that is worse. I mean, you know, um, yeah. Well, best of luck, man. I hope you uh, come back with all your body parts intact, and you know, definitely. Uh, don't don't break anything or hurt anything, and you'll be all right. Yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, how about you, man? Been all right? Yeah, yeah, man. I'm just uh, and one more week, and then uh, I have the week off the week of Halloween. So I'm looking for a little time off. I mean, I still got to nice. get up and take the kids to school, but you know, at least I don't have to go to work and uh, try to get some things. Uh, well, you know, about a year ago I moved into where I live now and, and I haven't really done jack shit with the garage. There's all kinds of shit out there and I, I need to go through things. 
So I, if I haven't touched the shit in a year, I'm probably not using it. So I just need to yeah. get rid of it. You know, so I, I, I make, I need. yeah, I have, I draw that conclusion myself sometimes when I see like, uh, you know, old boxes in the garage and I'm like, man, you know, do I, I haven't used it in how long, you know, do I really need it? So I use that same logic to get rid of some of the stuff so, that's yeah, been sitting that's around. That's part of my plan. Um, hopefully I accomplish that. <laughs> Don't yeah. my ass too much. And, you know, and watch too much porn or anything and I'll, I'll be all right. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, so we'll see, but yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I was, uh, had a busy today today, but I'm ready to, uh, ready to talk some, talk some movies. And, and, uh, I watched, um, I watched a movie this week that I had, I had bought on my voodoo account, man, a while back, you know, it was one of those $5 buys and, and it's from uh, Gareth Evans, who of course is the director of the raid films and which, yeah. We are huge fans of on this show, um, definitely. And I never, I had never seen his directorial debut, Marenthal. Um, So I watched it this week, and uh, man, you know this, it's not as good as the Raid films, but it's still fucking solid. You can tell the beginnings of a great action director in this film. Um, the fights are uh, pretty solid; they're not quite to that Raid level yet, but you can tell it's getting there. It also stars Eko Uis, who is, of course, the Raid films. It's his debut, and uh, you can tell immediately he's got a, a presence on screen. And it's a real simple story about a guy who, uh, Marenthal is there, coming of age in his culture. You know, so he, he, he leaves home to find himself in the world, and he gets involved with a, um, a girl that's trapped in a, working for a club for a guy who is, uh, is a sex trafficker. And uh, so basically he defends her and goes up against this guy. So a real simple story on the surface, man. And he's okay. involved in trouble. They shouldn't, shouldn't be in, but, it, but it's got a, a, a good, a good um, overall meaning to it at the end of the film. I don't want to spoil anything uh, because it does have um, a deeper meaning besides as simple as the plot sounds. And um, let's just say he completes his Marental and in, uh, in a satisfying way to the viewer. And, um, but some good action sequence, there's an elevator fight sequence in this that would rival winter soldiers. I'll be honest. Wow. Um, and, uh, and it stars him and the uh, guy who played mad dog in the raid films. You know, you remember how good that guy was dude. Yeah. Like badass, you know? Um, and, and he fights him in the elevator in, the, in this movie. Um, the guy who played Bindal in the raid two is also in it, you know? So it's some same actors that Gareth Evans used in his other films. And, uh, but it's just, uh, it's interesting to go back after you've seen these two films of this guy that I consider, you know, martial arts masterpieces and, and to see where he came from and to make a small film like Marenthal and, and it's really good and, but it's a smaller budget and, um, and it made absolutely no fucking money across the world, but it got a internet finding and it was able to make the raid films, which of course have blown up on their own. And, um, uh, and, and it's just cool to see where he started and, uh, um, you know, it, it was good, man. I'm glad I finally sat down and watched it. I'm like, I have this on my damn voodoo account. I need to watch it. <laughs> it's like, um, and it's quickly paced. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. So it, it's, you know, real quick. And, and, um, but it's good shit, man. Gareth Evans is definitely a talent director out of Indonesia. And, uh, I mean, I, you know, I know he made that kind of horror film for Netflix, The Apostle, which I haven't really watched. Mm -hmm. But, but, uh, I want to see him, man. I want to see this guy get a meat and juicy, budget for a huge fucking American action film. I mean, imagine what he did with the raid films on his Indonesian budgets and they're fantastic, man. Give this guy something to work with, man. He's going to blow people's fucking minds. 
I think yeah. I think so, man. I, I, him with a big budget, no yeah. telling. I mean, it doesn't have to be a big budget. Just Hollywood um, talent. Hollywood, not that Eco U.S. doesn't have great talent. That's no disrespect to anybody in these films because they do fantastic on their own. Um, he could bring Eco and those guys with him. But just Hollywood cameras and Hollywood set designs, just things like that. that just, yeah. you know, it doesn't even have to be money. Just just those aspects that he could bring to make an extraordinarily well-done action film. You know, he circled the Highlander remake for a while. Of course, it's going to be done by Chad Zulinski instead, which is another great action director. Um, but I just wonder what Gareth Evans is going to do next in his career. And uh, just a, just a good director. I, mean, I, I love it's It's made me want to go back and watch the Raid films. I haven't going to yet, but uh, just watching Marenthal and uh, see what else he can do. The guy is um, definitely a, a, a talent behind the camera and with his action scenes. And uh, that's really all I watched this week besides um, Astros and their playoff games. And <laughs> which, uh, you know, we, it's kind of become a seven year tradition with our shows in the playoffs every year of giving updates during the game. And they're, they're winning big tonight. looks like they're going to tie this series up. And by the time y'all hear this Monday, who knows, we might have won the series or we might be going to a game seven on Monday night. We'll oh, that'd be pretty darn cool. Either way, you know, yeah. either way it, it'd be exciting. Um, yeah. So I, I'm always looking at these streaming apps and trying to see what, you know, 2023 movie made it into, uh, you know, the free streaming service. And this week I stumbled upon HBO max and they have the Meg Two, the trench on there with Jason Statham. Oh man. I thought you were um, going to tell me you watched that naked game show. There's a naked on, game yeah, show it's on HBO max, dude. It's like, Dude, don't watch it, man. It's penises everywhere. Oh, no. I, I will admit, I turned it on, got a curiosity. I'm like, what is this? I mean, there's girls naked too, but the first five minutes was nothing but penises. And they show it, dude. I'm like, oh, I, what am I watching? I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope, I'm off. I, I'm off. <laughs> anyway, back to the Meg too. <laughs> this is, that's funny. Um, yeah, it's definitely not as good as the first Meg. Uh, I mean, I have no you comparison. Know, I've never seen the first one, so. Yeah, the, the one first one I've thought about like a few times of watching just. Never yeah, <laughs> I, I think the first one's worth watching. The second one, I mean, it's OK. I just you know, don't think it's as good. You know, I think Jason Statham as a. Oh, he's, you he know, is who he is. That's yeah, he is who he is. But, uh, you know, he's classic. Guy Ritchie, he's kind of the same person every movie. Guy Ritchie yeah. seems to bring out the best in Statham. Yeah, he's class. He's classic uh, Statham. Yeah. Um, he's the, you know, the tough guy, the outcast, he talks like this, you know, you can't bugger, you know, and, uh, he does his thing. Um, and then the second one, they make it more about like, uh, another company trying to take over the company that is, you know, studying the Megs and now they have access to the trench. I don't know. It takes away some of the mystery to me. Um, but you know, it's free. And if you've got HBO max already, um, it's, you know, definitely worth watching if, you know, you've got nothing else going on. <coughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I cut it off. So, um, definitely check that out. And other than that, man, I could have, Oh, I watched more of, uh, Gen V, um, on Amazon prime. Uh, I think the story is getting a little bit better. Um, it's definitely uh, more interesting, a little bit more about these underground pl- 
places that they have where they keep some of these students away. Uh, we had our first exploding penis uh, on the show. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Lots of penis on the show today. Yeah. yeah so I was, I, I was like, man, it's funny that he mentioned that because I saw an exploding <laughs> dick the, uh, the other day. But yeah, so if you're, you know, if you're definitely anticipating the boys and you want to get some of that, you know, Vought, the world of Vought and their superheroes, uh, you want to get that mixed in to your watching repertoire, then give it a watch, man. It's uh, it's definitely entertaining. Uh, I don't see it getting a second season, but hey, you know, I've been wrong before. Um, other than that, I think that's it. I was speaking. Uh, we'll get to the news in a minute. Um, speaking of Guy Ritchie and Jay Statham, I know he's on it, but didn't you watch The Covenant? Guy Ritchie's latest film. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, it's on HBO Max. Is it, it's worth watching? I I liked it. I mean, Guy Ritchie very rarely doesn't make something I don't like, except for the weird King Arthur movie he made a couple years ago. I couldn't get through that. Yeah. Um, but generally, I mean, I like. Uh, yeah, I like. The gentleman, I like Snatch and all his movies. And um, I, speaking of Jay Statham, Rat the Man, that's I haven't seen all of it, but I, I it's funny. I've had that. I watched about forty five minutes, and I've been, and I never went back. I'm probably gonna have to watch it from the beginning again. This yeah, or what it was about. But I liked it. I think it's just one of those things that I was watching. I just never did go back and finish it. So Guy Ritchie ah. is usually pretty solid. But I saw the Covenant was on Max, so I think I need to go and, and watch it. Yeah, no, Covenant's uh, Covenant's real good. Definitely a good watch. Um. Well, speaking of news, Gen V has been renewed for season two. Oh my god! So yeah, so um, you're safe there. So if you're people that, are, and I'm with you. Sometimes it's like, you know, with streaming, do you want to invest in a show? We've seen so many streaming shows that you invested, like Cowboy Bebop, perfect example. I loved, I loved it, but you invested the first season and it's it's gone. You know, and yeah. now we've got, you know, Netflix still hasn't announced if One Piece season two is coming, even though it's been highly successful. You, know, you have uh, live action versions of Avatar and Yu Yu Hakusho coming. Um, Yu Yu Hakusho is supposed to be trailer here in the next couple of weeks. It's supposed to be coming out in December. Yeah, and, I can't uh, wait. You know, it's, it's just like so it's hard to invest in these shows. So you don't know if they're going to get more seasons. But Jim V is getting a season two, and uh, so good for you. Um, this is interesting. You remember uh, when they killed Jason? Well, you don't remember. You were I don't even know if you were born or you were like three years old. But uh, when they killed Jason Todd in the comics, you know, they put a phone number in the back of the comics and call if you want Jason dead. It's hit A or B, you want him dead or alive. Of course, everyone knows the famous story that the uh, readers of DC Comics voted for Jason Todd to be killed. So in December, they're going to put out a, fos- how do you say it, Fascimile version of issue 428 where Jason lives, like a what if. Um, so any wow. Batman fans that want to see, uh, I, I it was unclear whether the, Jason Liz's version was ever done and complete, or is this just what they thought would happen? But an interesting story um, for Batman fans to get a copy of 428 where if Jason had lived instead of died. Um, so that's coming to your local comic store in December. Um, Deadpool, Deadpool, Deadpool. Um, the, is it coming out in May? The director apparently doesn't think so with the strikes and everything. The movie put on hold. He's like, I don't know how I can finish this film by December. <laughs> is Taylor Swift playing Dazzler? Nobody knows, but the director says, yeah, I'm no dummy. I've heard all the rumors and I'm going to say no comment. Just feels the fire, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. Taylor Swift is playing Dazzle or not, you know? Um, so it looks like we may have another victim of the uh, strikes and delays. Um, you know, uh, 
Captain America still do in May also. Um, I think we'll know more if that's going to make its release date on time here. I would expect with the Marvels coming out in a couple weeks, it's probably due for a Captain America trailer, I would think. Yeah. You know, with a new Marvel movie coming out. So we'll see if uh, Captain America, New World Order, Brave New World, whatever the fuck you're calling it now with Anthony Mackie mm-hmm. is coming out in May. Um, so just more for delays. And Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse, if you have not gotten a chance to see it, Next week's your time. Netflix it hits on it hits on Halloween for the week after next, so it'll be available to watch on Netflix on October thirty first for nice. all you fans of Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. One of the probably you know I've been thinking a lot about that as we're getting close to the end of the year. And we always do our top movies. Man, I'm it's going to be a struggle for me. Is it Across Spider Verse? Is it Dead Reckoning? Is it Across Spider Verse? Is it Dead Reckoning? I'm going to bounce back and forth until we do that that final. Uh, that final uh, end, of, end of the week, end of the year movie reviews. But um, it's definitely going to be one of those two, I think. <laughs> you haven't seen Oppenheimer, have you? Oh, no, I did. But I, oh, okay. I, I still, I like it, don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah. I, I, it's still between Spider-Verse and Dead Reckoning for me. Yeah. What, my favorite films of the year. So so we'll see. Come, uh, oh, We have Aquaman and Lost City. Maybe that's going to be number one. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I pretty much already decided I'm going to use my Christmas movie tickets and <coughs> take the kids to see Wonka probably over Aquaman. Oh, yeah. I mean, Wonka looks fantastic. I mean, it, great trailers. looks like a great cast. It looks, looks like, fun. looks like a good, fun time at the movies during the holidays, you know. Um, so I'm all for it. So uh, not much news. We're jumping into um, this featured film a little bit earlier than we do sometimes in the show, but that's okay because I feel that this movie um, deserves a uh, <laughs> to be talked about. And that is 1974 is the original uh, cult classic to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A movie that, believe it or not, Mark and myself, I had never seen until this week. I had seen parts of it. Like, I, I mean, how can you not know about the famous scene of him swinging the saw around in the sunset at the end? Yeah. Um, you know, how can you not know about the uh, him closing the door and bonking the guy on the head? You know, little things like that I've seen in the past. Um, first off, Fuck you for making me watch this. <laughs> this movie. It's not bloody. It, it's insane to think that Toby Hooper wanted this to be PG-13. He's like, we're going to keep all blood out. This PG, movie. not PG-13. Yeah, sorry. PG. We, we're going to keep blood out of this because we're going to ask MPA for a PG rating. Was he high? There's no way. It's like the, the MPA, in fact, wanted, almost gave it an X. It's yeah. PG, the exact opposite of what he thought. Because um, – the movie is there isn't no blood in like I can't maybe just the blood on the car at the beginning that's it, it's all done in the dark it's all done with noise and sound. Yeah, and you see, you see Leatherface go towards his victim and then it cuts away yeah. to the person witnessing it. It's intensely fucking terrifying and disturbing and disturbing and fucked up and yes. fucked up and just fucked up. Yes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but. All that said, I appreciate what the film's able to do. Because you're in 1974, extremely low budget. The use of sets, the use of cinematography, the use of music and sound, um, the, 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 the ability for Hooper to give the film a sense of terrifying dread and spookiness and to do it all with actors that had no experience. You know, yeah. I think Gunnar Hansen maybe had a little bit. Do I remember right? Or is this his, his I thought, debut too? I thought Gunnar had some. 
Yeah, maybe yeah. So. he had been on film sets. Yeah, um, but and to pull off what he pulled off, other than the guy who played Frank, because I would have replaced him on day one. I just don't think he. I get that he's supposed to be annoying and high anxiety, but he's just the guy's terrible. He's absolutely terrible. At least the other actors play their part. He's awful. oh yeah, Franklin. Yeah, he's terrible. Oh, he he's is not even a good. He's not even a decent actor. He's so annoying. I feel bad for him because he's in a, a wheelchair and he's the fifth wheel and stuff like that. And he peed on himself. You know, he's having a bad day. But he's like <laughs> that that part in the in, in the old house where he's you know the other two couples are like having their thing and he's trying to get their attention and he's having trouble getting up the stairs and he's like mocking them in his own way. It's uh, it's very, very annoying. Very, uh, very, very annoying. Uh, but you know, he is there and, uh, he, yeah, I, I, I saw a, I heard a fact or trivia about the movie that, you can see his paycheck in his pocket when he's mm-hmm. falling out of his wheelchair <laughs> uh, because he was afraid that he wasn't going to get paid. And he's like, you bet you guys better pay me before I do this last scene. And they actually filled that film, that scene at the beginning where the truck comes by and, and the air the, or the breeze from the truck knocks him over while he's trying to pee in a, in a tobacco can. Um, supposedly you can see, the paycheck in his pocket. Right. There's a piece of paper and it's well, supposed to be his paycheck to back people up a little bit to don't may not be familiar with this film because a lot of people may have seen the remakes, but um, it's essentially a pretty simple story about some, you know, high schoolers, college kids or whatever age they are that are just going on a little road trip to go uh, visit her grandmother's grave. Uh, uh, right? uh, uncle or grandfather's uncle's property. property. Yeah. Yeah. And they but also up, his grave. Yeah. And they end up coming across, they pick up this hitchhiker who's uh, got a few screws loose and things just don't feel right. So they end up kicking him out and he's he's kind of crazy. And they end up coming across this property of this old house and they're like, well, let's let's go see what's going on. And and to be fair to, to Franklin, as annoying he was, he did warn him like, hey, man, this is a bad idea. You know, he he was the logic of the group in some ways, even if he's annoying, he's like, yeah, I don't know. It's a good idea. Guys are like, I'll oh, be quiet. Franklin quit being a pussy, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and Franklin, lo and behold, was right. As they, uh, enter this, they, their search of property. And at first it seems harmless, nothing happens, but the, they come across bones and skulls and just a lot of creepy things going on. And, and lo and behold, they find this farmhouse and they, they get inside it. And, uh, and then it, the movie just kind of from this point on unleashes, holy hell. To be yes. fair, I mean, all of a sudden you see this door open up and there's this guy dressed with his mask on. It's Leatherface and he bonks the guy on the head and drags him in. Then two minutes later, the, he captures the girl he's with. He bonks her on the head and he's putting her up on a meat hook. It, it's just all this insanity just happens. And and part of the, what the movie does well is it it, it it builds to all that with the with the creepiness and the vibe of it. Yes. And then it, then it lets go with this just sheer intensity and the sheer unrelentless vibe to it where it just those last 30 to 40 minutes just don't stop. And, 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 and it's, and it's extremely terrifying. Um, the, the deaths happen very quickly. There's what five of them in the group and they all just get knocked off pretty fast. Yeah. And then the one girl who ends up Sally, Sally, who ends up kind of surviving. Well, she does survive at the end 
She goes through an ordeal where her, her and Franklin are stuck in the van. They realize at this point we're our friends. It's nightfall now. And they decide to go look at for them when all of a sudden Leatherface is right there in front of them because he hears they're making noises and looking for their friends. And he stabs poor Franklin right through the chest with the chainsaw after bonking him on the head too. Leatherface liked to bonk people on the head. Yes. Um, and, uh, and Sally in absolutely frightening scenes running through the woods. And man, it's so fucking scary. It's all shot with low lighting and darkness. And he's chasing her with the chainsaw and just the noise and everything until eventually she, she gets back to the gas station and she thinks she's safe. And, um, but no, she's not. It turns out that the gas station they had stopped to earlier in the film, which you talked about is in Bastrop, Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can still go visit today. We'll talk about that a little more that in a minute. And it turns out, well, um, the guy who owns a gas station is involved in all this. It turns out that they're a little family of, uh, it's kind of alluded at that they're kind of incestualist cannibals. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Sawyer family. Yeah. And, uh, and the crazy hitchhiker guy is there too. So he was involved in it the entire yeah. time. He basically marked their van. Right. And, uh, they bring her back to the house and they, um, you know, it's, and this, this, it's just, this is where it gets really disturbing. This grandpa who's almost dead is sucking blood out of her finger. And they say grandpa's the best killer and they want him to kill her. And he's dropping the hammer and she's sitting there thinking she's going to get hit in the head with a hammer. And it's, my God, it's just like, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. He like can barely like hold it. And he's like, they're trying to force him to hold the hammer so he can take her out. Like he used to take out yeah. the steers because the slaughterhouse bloody, shut down. Yeah. She's screaming bloody murder the entire time. Leatherface has switched over to his mother mask, which is creepy as fuck. Um, you know, and, and she eventually throughout all this tour of fine ordeal manages to escape where she runs into a trucker, which, um, runs over the um, crazy brother and, and smashes him. And then Leatherface is chasing with a chainsaw and, and, um, and she manages to escape in a truck and just absolutely terrified. And the movie ends with Leatherface running his chainsaw in the, in the sunset. Um, and that was a, maybe a quick version, but this, this movie. Yeah. That's, that's man, it. Yeah. Matt, I was sitting up on my couch with my knees up. I never sit like that, holding my knees going, what am I watching? <laughs> like, <laughs> I it's mean, disturbing, this, man. It, it's it's extremely disturbing, and it's it's not gory. It's not even, um, you know, it's it, it's it's yeah, it's not bloody. It's not gory. It's just an intensely terrifying film and ordeal. And I think what's so scary about it is, you know, like when you watch a Freddy Krueger movie or Jason Voorhees, you kind of have this sense that you know it's not real. You know, even though it's it's yeah. bloody. What horror? Whenever it feels like it could happen makes it that much more horrifying. We've all and driven through those small towns with the little farmhouses, right. you know, and that's the thing and about every time you pass through. Yeah. Yeah. This feels like, like it could happen. Yeah. Uh, and it, and that's what makes it extremely scary. And, and Hooper does an incredible job with his, using his low budget to set the mood with his camera angles and, and other things. And uh, just the music and the intensity and the sound, just everything he does is done so well. And uh, the theme of the themes that are used in this movie, uh, someone brought this up and, and I have to kind of agree. There's a little bit of cosmic horror in this film. So at the beginning, they're talking about the other girl, not Sally. She's talking about horoscopes, astrology, the sun and the moon having direct impact on our 
our day, our, our emotions and our, our behavior. And Sally is the one who's supposed to have the bad day. And everyone is given this horoscope, whether you believe in it or not. And then it's like we have some HP Lovecraft because HP Lovecraft, he stumbles upon this cabin. It looked like it was abandoned. HP Lovecraft enters. He finds an old man who had been getting by and keeping his youth by eating people, by being a cannibal. And that's ex- essentially what the this family has done. So I feel like there's you know a little bit of cosmic horror, a little bit, a little sprinkle, and then you've got some HP Lovecraft in there, you know, mixed in with uh, you know what became some more you know horror tropes, the the cabin in the woods, the uh, the rural family, uh, the hillbillies, as you see in Cabin in the Woods, you know. Uh, but they were zombie hillbillies, so different kind of hillbillies. Uh, and it's, uh, it all amounts to, you know, this movie, like you said, not a lot of blood. Uh, you have less than a gallon probably. Uh, yet this movie was so influential as to spawn like what nine other nine movies total about this guy. You had, uh, you know, Chainsaw Massacre two, three, uh, the remake with uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, you next know, generation uh, next, yeah, the next generation, uh, you had a prequel, you had a requel, you had a legacy sequel, the uh, um, Netflix remake. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, this movie has been, you know, even though it, it only made like, you know, $30,000 in video the theater. It was banned in some countries cause it was so yes. violent. Yeah. And and the movie was banned in other countries too. A lot of people were like, man, I don't want my, I don't want anyone to see this. Uh, Kind kind of similar to uh, evil dead, you know, which probably even more Lovecraftian than, than this movie, man. But I, I know evil dead's influential, but I don't think this is a better movie than evil dead. No, no, no. I don't think it's a better movie than evil dead. Really? I I don't Well, I, I, I like the slapstick more. Yeah. Um, I do, I do think this is a scarier, oh yeah, more terrifying movie than Evil Dead. Most frightening movies I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. yeah, this is a movie that will have you on the edge of your seat, like you said, because of the the tone, the pacing, uh, and and the the surprise element of it, where you're just like, holy crap, what just happened? Um, which is what the crew was was thinking, because a lot of Gunnar Hansen's uh, movements, what he was going to do, was kept from the uh, kept from the, the other actors. What's funny is he was a big guy, but he could run fast. He could run yes. faster than the actress who played Sally. So he had to do things like hit the trees and all that to slow himself down because he kept catching up to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He, uh, he definitely caught him. And, and that was a long run, man. That was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know it wasn't like the action. They didn't use run the actual distance, well, but the distance from the house to the gas station is 47 miles. Well, that's the crazy thing, too, is you hear uh, the term let a scene breathe, right? Yeah. And Cooper lets that scene breathe and the dinner table scene breathe with this terrifying intensity. It breathes in a different way than a quiet scene would do in a movie. Because as a viewer, you're like, oh, my God, is this going to end? It's just like you're stuck in it as a viewer going through this with Sally, and it's just extremely frightening. And, and you're like... Is, is, you know, you don't know what to do. You're like, is, is she going to turn she gonna into die? Is she gonna, Yeah. Is, is she going to escape him? What, what's going to happen? And then when she does manage to escape him, she's right back in the ordeal. And you're just like, Oh fuck. No, you're, you're, are you kidding me? 
It's like she's right back to where she was. Because Grandpa, gas station Grandpa, is a crazy-ass motherfucker, too. Yeah, man. He's, like, hitting her with a broom. Calm down. (laughs) Hitting her with a broom. And then takes her for, you're going to come have dinner with my family. Turn you into barbecue. But it's, uh, yeah, man. It's just how crazy simple this movie kind of is. But, yeah, all the other aspects that Toby, you know, used – um, the lights that he had to have in, in those dark rooms to get the, um, the, the clarity of the picture. Um, those rooms at, at some point uh, were like 120 degrees because of all the lamps he had to have like that, that yeah, basement scene where they're all eating. Summer heat too. Yeah. yeah they said, so said on Gunner top Hansen of that, would uh, get overheated quite often the outfits. Yeah. yeah, he would. Ha, he had bad, bad bo, but they didn't want him to take it off because they felt like that frustration added to his character. And I think you see that. Thank you. Thank you. See his frustration, um, and, well, yeah, and who, how he's who, able who to channel as far it. As, uh, who ruined as far as writing, not dialogue for Leatherface, but ideas of how Leatherface should act to give Gunner an idea of what he should be doing in this scene, like when he's sitting there and he's grunting and he's upset that he's looking out the window because. Uh, you know, he hears the noise of the other uh, uh, the kids and things like that, and it was all written down for him. So, so Hooper was quite extensive in his ideas for this film. Yeah, and then the uh, one character that I don't know, you know, why he's even there is the uh, the other gas station attendant. There's another guy, and he's just kind of looking up at the sun and not really doing anything. He's not part of the family. I guess it's there's a he's a guy that they employ or something that right. they just keep around instead of turning into, yeah, he's creepy into barbecue. Yeah. yeah, he's he's creepy. He doesn't say much. He just kind of he helps yeah, wash the van. He probably was maybe it was intended to make him part of the family and it just never came back around to it in the plot, you know. Maybe so. Maybe the actor wasn't available to who knows. Yeah. But uh, I forgot he's washing the window of the van and all that. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't wash off the blood, which a lot of people are speculating that 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 blood smear that the hitchhiker leaves after he starts talking about how they make head cheese out of the out of the damn cow, yeah. and how uh, oh that air gun's no good, or the sledge they died better that way. No, and I'm like, it's it's such a cringy. You're watching them talk, and you're like, you know. You're like cringing just watching this guy talk. You feel uncomfortable just watching this guy speak. And then they've got to be in the same, you know, same van with him. And, and, you know, uh, is it Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back where they go to pick up a hitchhiker? And uh, he's like, he's like, they make horror movies that start off that way. And he goes, yeah, but they make pornos that start off that way, too. Well, Jay and Silent Bob are the hitchhikers. They get picked up by Scooby-Doo. Yeah. The Scooby-Doo crew, yeah. And so I'm like... uh, I'm man, I forgot which movie that is. I'm sure it's another Jay and Silent Bob movie, but it's funny how this movie starts off with a hitchhiker and he like cuts Franklin he's, after he won't buy his photo, raving about head cheese, leave, leaves blood smear on the on the van, which I think alerts the gas station attendant oh, yeah, we're yeah, just talking too. about and, and lets them know, hey, these people are a target. So they, I think they don't let them fill up because of that. And they want them to get stranded and they hope they'll be able to work back and, and cut them up so they can have some fresh meat. 
and have someone for grandpa to suck their blood, which we didn't talk about that. How they cut her finger and he goes, there you go, grandpa. And he's like sucking her finger. He has this creepy, like satisfying smile on his face too. Yeah. Like he's getting off on it. It's weird. Yeah, dude. It just continues to add to the weird vibe, man. First off, I will say I will never watch this again. I mean, that's just, I'm just being honest. Once was enough. Yeah. It's like, it, it was terrifying. It was, it was, it wasn't a horrible movie. No, you're wrong. I, I can see why it's influential. I can appreciate Hooper's direction and, and the way he did things. Um, I appreciate the uh, actors and their ability to pull this together with a small budget. Um, you know, Gunner is absolutely terrifying as Leatherface, and he did a good job with it. In fact, everyone did a good job except Franklin. I just found the actor very annoying. I would have fired him yeah. day one and said, I'm going to go find someone else. I mean, um, it's interesting that Toby, Toby didn't – he did direct Poltergeist. You know, a lot of people think that's Spielberg. No, Spielberg produced it. But other than Poltergeist, he didn't really have a hugely successful career besides this movie and Poltergeist. Yeah. Um, which is strange considering the guy obviously has an eye for horror and for direction. But he just never found real success besides those couple of films. Yeah. Um, I guess that's just the way it works. I mean, our, our, our boy, Kurt Wimmer, you know, equilibrium. I mean, and he never found a lot of success after that. So, you know, it just happens sometimes, I think, to some directors. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, a lot of people, we're going to, a lot of people believe this is based on a true story. And uh, it's interesting. They brought in John Larroquette, you know, who, who narrates the opening of the film. And yes. sets it up like it's a, like it, they never say it's based on a true story, but they, it gives it this vibe with the narration that this is something that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people over the years do believe that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on a true story, and it's absolutely not. It's based on a legend of a person in North Carolina that people that, in fact, if I remember right, it was never proven that he killed anyone. It's just after he died, they found all these strange things in his home. But I don't know if they ever actually proved anything. I've read a little bit about the story once. I know you know a little bit more about it. Yeah, there, there's that that person. And then there's uh, infamous uh, serial killer mama's boy, Ed Gein. Um, well, so he's, Ed he's Gein, the one from Carolina. Ed okay, Gein. so. Yeah, yeah, he's from Carolina. Yeah, so Ed Gein, the story of Ed Gein, um, way back when, I mean, he, you know, obviously was a, a big mama's boy. Um, his mom was raised very religious, but she had... Um, two children out of wedlock, uh, the, you know, she had two sons and, uh, he was such a mama's boy. His brother was saying something. He said something disrespectful about his mom while they were out playing in the woods and he killed his brother and burned down the woods to make it look like his brother died in a fire. The fire, the fireman showed up and, you know, he's like, Oh, I can't find my brother. And, they found him, but they, you know, after an autopsy, they, you know, saw that he had like a puncture, a puncture wound in his chest, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, uh, you know, uh, prosecuted for it. They just kind of, I guess, because he was younger, they just kind of let it fly. Well, as the years went by, um, random town folk would be missing, uh, about like five, five years after this. Um, and then, you know, he would even go to these bars. He was known to the bars in the area. Uh, and, and they would, you know, talk about all these disappearances and he'd be like, Oh, well, what if it's me? And they're like, Ed, quit joking about that stuff. You know? And yeah, he was just one of the boys. Well, one day this, uh, this son 
who lived in the in the town his mom ran like she helped run the hardware store so he stopped by because he was he had been hunting all day stopped by to go see her and all he finds is a pot is a puddle of blood in over by the register he freaks out and there's actually some register paper over on the counter and it was for a sale to an ed Gein. i guess back then you just kind of hand typed in what you who who you were selling to so the cops come they see this they go to ed's house to see hey you know this may have been the last person to see him alive they didn't really suspect him of anything they go into his house he's got lampshades uh of human skin he has a human skin a female human skin bust like he's making a costume out of it he's got faces on the wall he made a belt out of nipples um, he had skulls that he had carved out the top of to make into bowls. Um, so he was eating from human skulls. Um, and uh, they found him. Uh, his the, the man's mother who went missing was out back hanging. Um, her, her throat had been slit. Her entrails were out. He was draining her blood. Uh, it was pretty, pretty gruesome. Um, he, uh, I believe he was put to death, uh, and they buried him, uh, in a cemetery over there and people, they actually had to move his headstone. They had to take, take out his headstone because people would come over there and take pieces of Ed Gein's headstone as a souvenir. Um, but that's the, you know, he, he says it's, you know, Toby, if you ask Toby, he says that's, it's incidental, you know, it's just, just happened to be the same, but people who worked on the set. Are like yeah, this he was you know the biggest inspiration is is Ed Gein, um, but yeah, that's uh that's the story of Ed. I mean that's that's what happened. He uh yeah, it was big mama's boy, just like Leatherface is uh you know even more so depicted in the uh, remake mm. yeah. with Jessica Beale and her shorts. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And then the, you know. Us living in Texas, this has Texas ties being called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you can go visit the gas station in Bastrop, uh, which for years was just a normal gas station. But then yeah. as the movie as the movie gained in popularity, especially with the remakes, um, they it's still a pretty standard gas station, but they have added a little souvenir shop to it now. Um, and they do yep. let people stop and take pictures. It still serves barbecue, even though it's not very good barbecue from what I've heard. Um, the shirt I'm wearing is actually from that place. It's got Dennis Hopper. It's from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And it's the one where he uh, he's going to fight Leatherface with his chainsaw. He has a chainsaw yeah, I've duel. I've heard the sequel is pretty terrible. Um, it is. Very but, terrible. Uh, yeah, I guess the, the, the place in Bastrop sells some movies and some souvenirs and horror stuff now. So they realize that they could you can stay there too. One thing. Yeah, there's like a couple of small rooms you can stay in, I think. Um, yeah, four TVs. cabins. Um, yeah. So, you know, it has embraced its uh, pop culture status, the gas station. Uh, the farmhouse itself has a, is not on the original property. It was uh, moved and renovated. Um, I think it is open to the public, but only so many days or weekends out of the year because I think people actually yeah. live on the property. Um, yeah, it's like now, a bed and breakfast. Yeah, and the original location is now owned by a private rancher from what I read. They, that's why they moved the farmhouse off. So, and, uh, uh, and apparently 
the the ranch that owns the original property is not quite as kind to visitors. They don't really want people on it. Um, so that's why the farmhouse <laughs> has been moved. Um, you know, so, uh, so there are, um, and it was all shot in Bastrop in the Austin, Texas area. Um, th- this movie and, um, it's wild, man. It was, um, I, I can't believe I watched it. Um, I'm going to hate you for a long time for making me watch it. And the remake was shot in Travis, Travis, um, Texas. Yeah. So both, both the, I don't think I can do the remake. Uh, I'm good. I'm, I don't need more. The of that remake is scarier to me. Ever. That's well, yeah. Modern yeah. stuff's probably, you know, but I mean, you got to put yourself in the 1974 terms and this is absolutely terrifying for when it was made. You know, I just, oh, yeah. it blows my mind that he went to the MPAA looking for a PG rating. That's fuck? crazy. There's no man. way. I mean, like, why? Why would you want it? I want kids to to see this. (laughs) The MPA gave it an X and he made an appeal. And with the appeal, they gave it an R. And there were still theaters that refused to show it. There were people that walked out. He kept recutting and recutting. He tried, man. He really tried. There were people that walked out of it. There were people that, there were theater owners that refused to show it because they're like, no one's going to go watch this. I'm not going to make any money. Um, Yeah. You know, and, uh, but it found a lot of, it found a, a status and, or a, a finding in, in rural, you know, suburban America. People did go see the film, made some decent money, and it definitely found a home throughout home video over the years. And, uh, oh, horror, yeah, home horror, video for sure. Horror conventions. I mean, Gunner was a big proponent of the film. He promoted it everywhere he went. And, uh, you know, so it found its, found its following over the years. And uh, But, man, what, what, a, um, what an intense, fucking crazy movie. And... Uh, that's the best way yeah. to put it, really. I, I had to go to bed and suck my thumb and feel better about myself after watching this. <laughs> suck my thumb. Just like Grandpa did. <laughs> I'm on. Not quite that. Um, Not yeah, that yeah. quite that. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, man. I um, I popped my cherry on this one and finally watched it. Um, yeah. Thanks for... Making me watch that shit, Matt. You're welcome. Um, so, do, do we have a ghost story this week? Do you have one, or we did? Uh, Edgeen is the ghost story. Um, I was looking at some, but I didn't. It, they're like really, really short. Um, the one that I that I looked up wasn't a whole lot of of details, um, but I can go over it. Why um, so got, this is. Yeah, we got a little bit of time to play with. So Ed Gein and then this one. So like a twofer. Um, so Bexar County is uh, it's in San Antonio. Um, so another Texas one. And Bexar County is where my, uh, my grandfather, my paternal grandfather is from. Um, it's where his father uh, met his, his wife uh, at the Mission to San Antonio. Um, and they had to go get married in Ohio, though, because at in the 1930s, uh, Texas did not allow uh, interracial marriages. So they had to go to Ohio and they came back to Bexar County. But according to legend, there is a Bexar County hospital uh, that had a ghostly nurse uh, that would roam the hallways. The legend says this murderous apparition would go room to room in Bexar County, killing patients in order of their room number. And it was a, it was a particular ward, and that was a hot spot for this. And 
patients would ask about this nurse in an old fashioned uniform and the hospital staff's like, don't know what you're talking about. This is, you know, not what, you know, we don't know who, who this is. We don't never seen them before. They wouldn't see anything, but the staff became suspicious one time when there were people that started dying in room number order until a vacant room would hit and then it would stop kind of like a, like a break in a line, it would just stop. And, uh, but San Antonio sadly would actually have a real killer, um, in that hospital between 1977 and 1982, because they found out that, uh, Janine Jones poisoned 11 to 50 infants. And, uh, she's currently serving a life sentence at the Dr. Jane Murray Institute um, in Gatesville, Texas. So there was a nurse, but this is, you're talking like, uh, 1950s, 1960s. And then, um, this was the, the real nurse that did it was like 20 years later, but apparently all these patients swore they saw this woman before they died and it happened. Yeah. I, that's funny because I remember last year I read that one, but I felt the same way. It didn't feel like I had enough detail, so I didn't do it. But I think it fit yeah. perfectly in the day. Um, man, Texas is fucked up. People don't don't move here. <laughs> yeah, man, too um, much too much shit in Texas. So, so ghostly uh, to, shit. To close out Halloween Horrors Month, we're gonna um, we're gonna come back down a little bit to a movie that's a little more um, accessible for everyone. It's um. It's definitely got hard elements to it, but nothing like The Fly or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, uh, it's, I mean, you could put this one with your kids, and your kids probably wouldn't be that frightened of it because it's, uh, yeah. it's a Tim Burton film, and it's, it stars Johnny Depp, and it's it's PG-13. And and that is uh, Burton's telling of the uh, Headless Horseman story in Sleepy Hollow. murder in Sleepy Hollow. How much of your superiors explained to you? Only that the three were slain in open ground, their heads severed from their bodies. Taken by the headless horseman, taken back to hell. He rode a giant black steed to look at him, Major Bloodwing Cold. Even today, the western woods is a haunted place where brave men will not venture. We have murders in New York without benefit of ghouls and goblins. You're a long way from New York, Constable. Is everyone in this village enthralled to superstition? We have many things to talk about, even in this backward place. Excuse my man. I'm not used. Female company? Murder! The Orphan's killed again! The assassin is a man of flesh and blood, and I will discover him. Are you so certain of everything? Perhaps there's a bit of a witch in you, Katrina. Why do you say that? Because you've bewitched me. Oh. 
Uh, you know, I've, I've only seen this a couple of times, but I remember really liking it. Um, really looking forward to going back and watching it. I really am. Um, cause yeah. I remember really enjoying it when I watched it. Uh, you know, this is definitely a, like I said, de- coming back down to earth horror film and for Halloween horrors is it's more, uh, it's more supernatural horror than it is frightening or scary. I think it's fair to say as, uh, as we look at, um, a story that's an old tale of time. Everyone's heard the story about the headless horseman and there's been various incarnations and films made over the years. And, uh, so we're going to discuss Tim Burton's version of that story um, next week on the show. Um, yeah. And he, which he is one of, go ahead. Yeah. Which is restless souls, trees that bleed. So mm-hmm. you're in for it. Yeah. There's definitely some hard elements of it. Like I said, it's just a little more accessible for most people. Like, I don't think I yes. would have to turn oh, yeah. this off if the kids walked in. It's, you know, it's nothing like Texas Chainsaw. It's going to, have them curled up in their beds and screaming all night long. <laughs> and the great Christopher um, Lee is in it. Yeah. And I, I like it when he says, Ichabod Crane. Christopher Walken. his Christopher Lee voice. Well, and Walken, Yeah, and Chris Walken. They're both Christopher in Lee's in it too. Both of them, yeah. yeah okay. he's, the, he's the magistrate that sends uh, Johnny Depp to the town of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, okay. Yeah. To investigate uh, Christopher Walken. But you, right. you're going to lose your head. Yeah. So, they, would, they didn't let him talk in this movie or else, you know, right. it just wouldn't have the same effect. <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a good, a, be a good conclusion to Halloween horrors next week in the show. So looking forward to watching that and uh, finishing out the month of October. Um, but yeah. until then the rebel radio podcast.com for all your rebel radio needs and, uh, and all the apps and all the good stuff. Let's just, as we thank you as always for listening and uh, continue to be safe out there. And until next time, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. Remember, as always, just go there and just do go it. there and Why do it with a chainsaw, people. It's kind of scary. <laughs>